Welcome to the Weekly Dish. Uh, I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And Dishers, we are so happy to have you this morning on this very crowded, crazy last shopping day before the holidays happen. Yes. I mean, it's going to be nuts out there. Also, happy winter solstice. You know, it is the shortest day of the year today. The longest night, shortest day. And it's going to be a great one out you, there. And you know what this means, Stephanie. Dark beer? What? That's uh, what it seems to mean in the <laughs> Twin Cities. No, it means that we're headed back the opposite way. It means that tomorrow is the first day of summer. Yeah, yes, That's basically what that means. Yeah. I wish you guys could see it. I might have to take a picture <laughs> of what Stephanie's wearing. Yeah. It is a like 1970s wool rich. Um, like a tunic with pockets. Tunic. But look at the the arms are very. Oh, there's elven. a hole in. Do you know there's a giant hole in yeah. one of the arms, right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's care. an air hole. No. Um, it is sort of elfin, Scandinavian, Kwanzaa. I think Laplandian is what I like to think of it as. Latina. It's yeah. a lot of things. Let's just call it global. Let's it's very just call global. It global. I might have to take a picture of you. Yeah. Okay. Um, because you know you love those Saturday pictures. I know. Those are my favorite things ever. Um, so I wanted to say, uh, you know, just let you guys know that we are running a best of next week. So this is our last show before the new year. So, um, you can just maybe next week just sit and listen to all of your favorites. You can dial in. We're going to replay the Thanksgiving show. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. It was the highest rated show. There's applicable snacking and food for that of all. And we do some wine recommendations. It was the highest rated or the highest downloaded show that we had in the podcast. So I thought, well, maybe that was a good one. Maybe people want to listen to it again. Plus we were darn funny. Oh, harmonies. (laughs) We were funny. I tell you what, tell you what, um, I got to tell you guys, I went to see star Wars last night. No spoilers, no spoilers. I know a lot about Star Wars, having sat in with Jason and Dawn this whole week. I meant to text them and they're, you know, and say like, "How did you like it?" I can give you their opinions because I've heard them ten times. I'm sure you have. (laughs) Is it? I'm going to tell you that I really liked it. I think Jason really liked it. Yeah, I think he thought that the fan service was well executed. I think he thought that what they did with Princess Leia's character was fantastic. I think it was great. Um, I will say that Dawn gave it a B minus. Okay. She liked it a little less. She felt like there were a lot of missing parts. She didn't like that one of the main characters came back to life because when you reinvigorate a character, then death becomes not so finite, and that bugged her. Mm. Um, let's see if she I mean, said anything there's else been and- force ghosts through the entire thing. Like, they talk to the dead all the time. So, <laughs> you um, know. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into Star Wars mythology because that would take our entire show. I tried to actually watch Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I it was like 20 minutes in. It was still the laser sword fight. I cared none. Oh. I had no idea. Wait, are you telling me you haven't watched like the actual like Star Wars movies? I've not watched all of them, no. Oh. I've watched like Star Wars and then I watched Empire Strikes Back. I did watch Return of the Jedi. Okay. Then I lost the kind of middle part, yeah. but I kind of the Anakin Skywalker. I saw some of that. Okay. And then I did see the one where they introduced Ray. Okay. The first, The Force Awakens. Okay. And then there's been one since. Yes. That I missed. The Last Jedi. Oh, then I guess I didn't see The Last Jedi. Okay. Okay. And now, so I need to see The Last Jedi and then this one and The Force yeah. Awakens yeah. to reinvigorate Yeah. Why don't my you just take that trilogy. little package and just see that? Love it. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I'm not watching The Mandalorian, which everyone's watching. Well, and I love, I'm not watching it either. And I got to say, they've ruined the baby. Everyone has ruined the baby Yoda for me. I've been able to dip in into, I was planning to do it like during the holiday break. And now I'm like, I'm so over the baby Yoda thing that I can't even tell you. Like, it's 
They've ruined it for me. You could always go back and watch Game of Thrones because I swear to God you would like it. I'm not going to do that yet. I know. You just need to bite the bullet. I I'll just, even give you my password stuff. I did think about it over the break. Jake and I both discussed Eight like... seasons and it's fantastic. I mean, I still have to watch Breaking Bad, so I well, don't know. Well, I see. have to we'll too, see. and that one might just go the way of... Well, that one starts in January on AMC, like the entire thing. Oh. So you could like, you know, TiVo it and just watch yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I might thing. do that. I might do that too. Okay. Um, so anyway, this is a food show, not a movie and a TV <laughs> it's show. It's things show. It's, it's a, a two it's friends a, named Stephanie show. <laughs> We're really going to get down to it. Thank you for all being our friends, too. And we eat and drink sometimes. Um, you went to 801 Chop House, I saw. I did. What'd you think of that? I'm curious. I thought the food was very good. And 801 Chop House, by the way, is a steakhouse that is based out of Des Moines, Iowa. And they opened um, a chain. They've been around since 1993. And they've opened in different Seattle, Denver. Denver. And, yeah. yep. and they finally came to Minneapolis and opened up up here. I thought the food was really good. Mm-hmm. The service was good. Mm-hmm. I thought the prices were a lot. Like and and I actually mentioned it to my fellow diners. And they were like, well, that's what it costs. Like they Steakhouses are not cheap. Yeah, it was definitely, it wasn't the Lexington prices, it was mayonnaise prices. And that's about right, for especially downtown Minneapolis at this point. There was a thing on the menu that I kind of want to talk about, and it may lead us into the next guest just in terms of the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I took a picture. (laughs) You and Rick Nelson. And what was funny is Rick Nelson and I almost took the same picture. You're getting a lot of 3% charge indicators on people's bills, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that it's been described in most cases is that it is for the health and wellness of their employees to pay fair wages. Mm -hmm. And um, the way that it was described on this particular menu was literally, I think it said, um, 3% obligatory. Here's what it said. 3% 3% charge, obligatory charge. This is not gratuity. Period. I had no idea what the obligatory 3% charge that was not gratuity went to. Yeah. Or what it was for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's like other people that are doing this health and wellness thing. I just thought that was a real strange thing to have on the menu. And somebody there took their bill and broke it down from tax. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis tax, that's the convention center tax, which is its own separate tax. The stadium tax, isn't it? It's stadium convention center. There's like a special tax there. Then this obligatory 3% tax that nobody knows what it goes to but the restaurant. And then your 20% tip. And it became, with all those extra fees, it was like 31% or something of the total bill, which was already a very expensive place. Right. I, I, it, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if people wanted to meet there, if I would say like, oh, I can't go there because they tax you out of the place. Right. But I thought about it. I thought about it. And I've been thinking about it a lot because I do think that this is a conversation that's going to grow in, oh, the yeah. next no, six, in the next two months, I think. Yeah. Well, and by July, you know, the wage goes up higher. It goes up to uh, 1175 for people with under 100 employees. So the very, very small ones. But people with over 100 employees, it goes to like 1375 That's That's $2. I mean, like, that's a massive hike for restaurants and the margins and everything. Everything's going to get more expensive. I know I keep saying this, but it's like... I feel like we all keep going, yeah, yeah, I know. And then you go back into your comfort place. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I'm paying like Dave Oslin. He put out a thing and he was like, he mentioned that there was like $15 cream corn after all the stuff 
it turns into a $30 cream corn. Yeah. Or $20 cream corn. Maybe it, it was, was a, $20. It was 20 something. But I mean, seriously, $20, you know? Yeah, for a side. Yeah. So I think that that's a thing that everyone has to think of. How was, the, and you said the food was okay. I thought the food was good, actually. Okay, so here's the thing for me. There's two things here because of the fact that that, that that company was aided by Phil Roberts, who designed Manny's, right? And so I think their whole vibe has a Manny's feel to yep. it. Yeah, which I liked. Right. And so why am I not going to Manny's and supporting a local company versus going to this 801 Chop House and supporting a Des Moines-based company? I could totally see your thinking on that. You know what I mean? Yep. I, there's not enough value to me and not enough differential. Like, you have to bring something new to the party in order for it to be something special enough to pull me down and let and it, it would have to be more than just location when the people that i was dining with suggested this place they were sort of sheepishly suggesting it because it wasn't local but they hadn't tried it so mm. it was i like, mean i think trial try. is worthy and if you find something there that is like you can't get this anywhere else or it's so special or i just really it really speaks to me i feel more comfortable there all of that but i just don't i just as someone who watches the scene i don't know if there's going to be enough of that in order to bring I don't know, and I also don't know if our hunger for steakhouses, you know, we're so Midwestern and we do love our steakhouses, and that's our new fine dining is steakhouses. And so I get that, and maybe there is room for that, and maybe with the economy kind of bustling and booming up a little bit, maybe the expense accounts are loosening again and people are looking Mm -hmm. for these kind of things, and maybe there's just need for more spaces. I'm all for that, but I'm just, I'm telling you all, this is what I'm watching. Um, Converse to that. I went to the um, gallery in the North Loop. Yes. Which is the, the four gallery. galley. Sorry. I yeah, keep calling I know. It the gallery. It's weird. Um, four and we have 30 concepts seconds that here. are being incubated. Yeah. All right. On these 30 seconds, here's what I'm going to say. The Rec Pizza. Yeah. Rectangle Pizza. Amazing. Yep. Detroit style pizza. The Thigh Times, Jared Brewington's Chicken Thighs. Great. Yep. Super well seasoned. Wanted the chicken sandwich. Didn't order it. We'll go back for that. Okay. The building itself and the concept. Thumbs down. Hated it. Let's talk about this in our, because this is an interesting, we'll talk about, we are going to talk a lot about food trends, you guys, today, so we will talk about those, and we've got some great uh, fun stuff coming up, so stay tuned. This is The Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, Stephanie March. All right, before we broke, I was talking about being at the galley in North Loop. Yeah. And I feel a little bad about it, because these four concepts that are in there Two of the four I really enjoyed. That rectangle pizza was excellent. Okay. And the Jared Brewington's thigh times, those were excellent thighs. I really loved them. Okay. However. What about the other two? I thought they were mediocre. Oh. Just meh. And the place itself, first of all, it was so loud. I couldn't even uh, hear people. I couldn't hear my people talking. Yeah. I was with two 25-year-old women, mm-hmm. and it was, we all observed, like, Kurt and I were the oldest people in there by a mile. It was all under 30, for sure. Well, yeah. So fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, probably not my jam, and they don't care about if it's loud, because they don't care. They don't want me in there, because I can't hear. Whatever. <laughs> um, there were five bartenders, and there were, like, 30 seats at the bar that were about two-thirds full, Five bartenders running around like with their chickens with their head cut off doing nothing. Like, I've never seen such inefficient people at a bar. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's because it's new and maybe they're new. And so I want to be a little kind because it just takes a while to get your groove on. Um, 
But it was real weird to keep going up to the bar and try to get service when you have all these bartenders and nobody can serve you unless you're a hot chick. Yeah. The hot chick's got service. Let's just put it that well, way. Well, I mean, that's just a universal, isn't it? Probably. Isn't that just the way of Probably. the world? I did have a tab there, though, so it wasn't like... What? You have money. That's fine. Well, so but I they. had a tab running, so <laughs> you'd think like they knew that they that I was already in mid-service with them. I don't know. I always think when you have a tab... Nobody knows who has tabs and who doesn't, so if they look over the crowd, they're not like, oh, she's got a tab. I'll go well, help the her. person who started it should. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, the drinks were fine. Not great. Just like, nah. I got a margarita mm-hmm. that they shook and did all the stuff. It was in a lowball glass. It was half full. Oh, so I think if you put a margarita in a lowball glass, it needs to at least be three quarters full. Yeah. It was half full. I took a picture of it. And you know I'm paying $15 for that drink. Yeah. So I thought that was weird. And when oh, she handed it to me, yeah, she was like giving me that kind of sheepish look. And the woman who watched her make it looked right at me like, wow, is that the drink you're going to give her? And yeah. I just didn't say anything and you walked away. You didn't say no, anything. I didn't. Okay, we are working on that for disgusted. 2020 for you. I was just like, okay, if you didn't measure the pour right, that happens all the time. And then just throw a little like uh, simple syrup or something on the top. Just try to act like you care. You know what I'm going to say? You just basically reinforced that that was okay for her. So that's going to be the standard now. Well, her well, she said it was should. okay. She was okay. I will say they did clear the table quickly. They had waters quickly. The other part of it that was weird. Wait, are you telling me that? But it's not service. But they have people giving service to clear. Okay. So they just have bussers. Like they have yep. bussers around. The and room. they were very prompt and attentive and nothing sat around on the table, which I appreciated. I think it was colored too by, they have this very strange booth that's like a party booth. Yeah. And there's three people sitting in there with a small child. The child was probably like two and a half or three. That was screaming at the top of her lungs, grabbing her mom's coat, pulling her mom's hair, and the mom was just ignoring her, talking to her friends. Eventually, the kid who was running around the booth fell off the booth onto the concrete floor. Her head hit the floor, and I heard it. It was like, thwap. It was so loud. And then the mom was devastated because the kid didn't make a sound. You know that 45 seconds of they don't make a sound crying? Yeah. And then after that, the kid had her nucky and was just quiet because she probably had a concussion. <laughs> but other than that, so I kept like thinking, is it all these things that's making me not like this place? But I liked the rectangle pizza a lot. I could totally see getting takeout. I just don't think I would go there for it specifically. Maybe at lunch. It's not for you anyway. It's not really for yeah, you. And that's kind of what I felt like. Yeah. Do you, did you, okay, I need to know if you tried stuff from Soul Food or I not. did. What did you have? Wings that were not cooked. Okay, so, yeah, I guess I wouldn't order... Salt and pepper shrimp. Yeah. That felt like it was a just... restaurant, or it felt like grocery store takeout. Okay. I mean... Well, and there, I mean, I really liked the three things I had there, which was I had uh, the uh, grits with the pork belly on top, and it was this really great... I mean, the grits were great, and the pork belly seasoning was great. And then I had uh, fried chicken, fried rice, and that was awesome. Okay. And so I just don't know if like, and I'm just saying like, you know. Yeah, maybe I need to go back and I just, I would get it takeout. I, I don't think I could sit in there during a happy hour time frame again. Also, did you find it jangled. weird that the, like the, the food things were tucked behind the yes, bar? So like you couldn't even really see terrible. it. It's a weird space and it's not weird in that like they're, it's weirder for me the fact that they are, this is their like fourth or fifth one. And not in the cities, but nationally. It's yeah, a national I didn't cha- think you know, the space group. worked. There was no flow. They have a really beautiful coffee shop next door. Yeah. 
Yes. I was like, oh, this is a beautiful coffee shop that had half seats. Like, did you notice how many seats weren't in the coffee shop? No. It felt like they were missing half the furniture. Maybe they were taking them out. I don't know. Or just that it was that really airy. It looked like a great place to sit and do some work. But yeah. I, I thought that it was a strange vibe. I loved I love Rectangle. I love Jared. I like the Ono Hawaiian plates and the and the Soul Fu as well. I mean, I think that they've, I've had good food from both of them. Um, but I would say that during this, when they're all slammed like that, I don't know how service, I don't know how the food's going to be. You know what I mean? Especially during those beginning opening times where it's insane. So, yeah, my wings were not cooked. Would I pop in there maybe before going somewhere else? Or I think I would definitely come get did. pizza to go. Yep. They're doing a brunch on Sundays, which I think is interesting. And I'm kind of want to go get some waffles and just see Young what they're doing. But brunch. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was my experience there. Okay. And at 801 Chop House. But I want to tell you about another experience because it's really like making me think. So I know that you're going to a party of our friends tonight. Yes. And I'm also going to a separate dinner party that I was invited to before the party you were invited to. Then last night, I went to a birthday party of another friend that we both have in common. Okay. You guys, I think I'm a fairly decent entertainer. I like this party I was at last night. It was a 50th birthday party. First of all, it was a 60s theme. So everybody, like she was dressed up, which I knew she would because she's a dress up person. Yeah. But the entire house, every room in the house had like 60s themed stuff. So in they had three bars set up, top floor, middle floor, bottom floor. They had (laughs) 60s like posters around. There was an area that was like cushions. Top floor and then basement. (laughs) Okay, I just do one bar. I don't want people to go up in my top floor unless you got to take a dump. Then go ahead. Yeah. Um. There were the food, like she had beef tenderloin, like sliced for sandwiches. That was so good. Oh, God. That's Mac right. and cheese. Like she kind of had 70s food. Yeah. Then um, in each of the rooms, they had 70s music, like the Age of Aquarius playing here. And it was just, and all of her friends dressed up. Like they all looked like Fred from Scooby-Doo. Oh. One girl had a jean jacket on with this sort of flowy 70s skirt. And on the back of the jean jacket, she'd printed out a piece of paper that were the top 10 things that happened in 1969. Wow. And number one was the name of the birthday girl. Like in 1969, they had the first eye implant, like just cool stuff. Like I was like, who are these people and why aren't these people my friends? Well, you were there, so you must be friends. I didn't know anyone else. Oh, but I wanted to know them. Like they looked so amazing. They seriously partied hard. Yeah. And then like tonight, my other friend, she just woke up and she was like, you know what? I am so sick of all my holiday stuff. Like I'm going to pack up the holiday stuff for my grown children and I'm going to get all new holiday decorations. Like I am sick of looking at the same stuff. Like it's time for out with the old in with the new. Yeah. So she went and like, she's got an all white tree. Like she just redid her whole holiday chisel. Like I'm still putting out the broken nativity scene. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it just feels so tired. But, like, there's nostalgia in it, so I can't give it up. Yeah. I finally didn't put out, Ellie made this thing in, I swear to God, preschool, that she cut out the reindeer, and it's got rope that attaches them to cut out Santa. Yep. I finally didn't put that up because it's ripped, and it just makes me a little sad that we didn't take better care of it, but I always put it out anyway. I'm like, maybe I'll just skip that this year. We, You know, I've been pruning my Christmas tree garden for a long time. Like, every once in a while, you're like, oh, that one broke, darn it, or, like, you know... Things that just should go away, you know, that, I mean, I keep like one or two ornaments of the kids from when they were little and they're like big, crazy things, but most of the glitter's gone and it's all tattered and weird. Yeah, and I have all of that. So I just, I'm like, they just slowly disappear and nobody notices. 
I don't think my mom does anything. Um, the other thing is, uh, like, just table decorations. Um, uh, like, candles and then, like, fake snow inside with the candles with little houses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, there it is. All right, we're going to... Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are so glad you're here with us today. We are being joined in studio by... Restaurant tour and microphone wrangler Maddie O'Reilly. I know how to do this by now. <laughs> Singing in a band. We're just. For I know you've only been on a microphone like most of your life. Uh, yeah, half my life. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, I think I first met you when you were in a band. I think yeah. that was it. Long time ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were young and fresh then, my friend. Yeah, we were. Yeah. We were. Was, we were cute. We were, we, have that not so we were in our 20s. It was like five years ago. Yeah, it was like five years ago. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, we have you on the show today because, of course, you are uh, a restaurateur extraordinaire in the Twin Cities. You oh, are responsible for Bar Brigade, Foxtrot Burger Spot, um, Republic, you know, things like that. 318 is no longer yours anymore. Sold it. Sold it. Yeah. Sounds good. But so did you pick up people. Sandy's Tavern? I picked up Sandy's so Tavern. So are you an owner of Sandy's Tavern? No, it's oh. strange. It was... Kind of good timing and strange timing where yeah. the former owner was looking to retire, which yeah. is what, you know, people do. And so he sold the building and the business to a person that I had met through a mutual friend. Yeah. So he is not a restaurateur and he's like, would you, so it's my first management, management contract, contract, which is, so we didn't have to pay, yeah. to, but we're the operating you're the operating are you like a partner or is it like no it's It's just a strange arrangement i mean it worked for us because we weren't looking to grow at the time but it was one of these where we we slid into the space kept 95 percent of the employees kept the menu the same kept the look of the place the same like we liked it the way it was so it was like the least amount of work that we put into a place to just reopen Mm -hmm. and have it be exactly the same (laughs) So it was it was literally like not from an economic point of view it was it was call it too good to pass up because yeah. it's just a neat old place too yeah. like it's got so much charm and, and it's, heritage the it, wallpaper oh, come fuzzy on and, the fuzzy oh, velour wallpaper this place we is had awesome. we had we put their olive burger it's on Sandy's our, Tavern in Richfield yep, yes and we put their olive burger in our best burgers rotation for the bracket and it didn't fare very well. But that's, I think, because people still don't know much about Sandy's. I think there's, like, the hardcore old-style crew who go, yep. you know, and then there's, like, people are kind of rediscovering it a little bit. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, you look at this these retro places or the place. It's, it opened in 1933, yeah. so 86 years of history. And it's just hard to do that in mm-hmm. general, these legacy brands like that. Like, it's, like, the Matt's Bar, the Nook, the, you know, yeah. Uh, What's the one in Eden Prairie? I'm oh, Lion's Tap. Lion's Tap. So you look at it like those where you have, you know, generation after generation in the community enjoyed this place for what it is. Yeah. And it's just hasn't changed. It's like a time capsule. Yeah. And it's like now it's like, I don't want to say cool again, but it's like it has come around yeah. where this this uh, culture of this divey yeah. burger bar, like it's hard to recreate. Like you can't make a new one look and feel like this right. one because you don't inherit like the ghosts and the yeah. history and no the, you can't the past like people try they try but it doesn't really get that same feeling no it's so not the, worn enough right yeah so it's just and all we really did was uh bought a point of sale system because they still hadn't taken credit cards and they, didn't, they were using <laughs> no, you had to use cash and methods it was like, cash only and like little until, checks they gave you a numbered total on there you're like yeah. else yeah 
Yeah. yeah, so we just basically can collect the data of like what's selling and now we're able to take credit cards and and speed up service hopefully. It's been really busy but it's it's more efficient because servers don't have to hand right add up tabs and run back to the kitchen back and forth. And so so it's we added an efficiency but that's basically all we did. We cleaned it. Move some stuff around. But this data is important that we're talking about this because this is actually why you're here is to talk about something you've just launched or you're launching. It's mm-hmm. in the process of it. And it's really interesting because um, it's a subscription service for dining. Correct. Right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, the idea I was inspired by this idea. Uh, I finished my MBA at St. Thomas in May, which felt great to be done. And you've been on that for a while. Two years, yeah. 17 and 19 and accumulated all this knowledge, got a really good glimpse into other industries mm-hmm. and just case study after case study after case study of these sort of startups in this space of recurring revenue and subscriptions and memberships and things. And, you know, we're entering into this really tricky period for restaurants because it's it's always been tricky, mm-hmm. but it's trickier than ever today because there's a labor shortage, there's a higher cost of labor, and then there's this more new places than ever. So you have this kind of fierce competition, you know, coupled with this other labor equation. So it's a super tricky time for restaurants. If you add all those things up, it's like there's so many new places to go that is displacing this. It's not that there are that many more diners. Right. It's just there you have more places to go and check out. And the new places are good. Yeah. Too. It's not as The game has been raised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Constantly. So... This program, I started thinking about it. it was actually one of the final projects for the MBA program that I actually didn't do it do it on. Oh, yeah. So it was about a year ago I started working on this model of sort of integrating a certain proportion of memberships versus my company's total food sales. I started to work out the data and, and the math behind capturing a certain number of people that still falls within a healthy range for us to manage our costs. Mm-hmm. So it's, we added up our total food sales, total seats, did a bunch of, you know, kind of acknowledged a bunch of data points to sort of drive this the membership plan to never really risk the overall health of the mm-hmm. businesses. But it really provides a certain amount of like dedicated and uh, cash flow that we can count on. Yeah. And it, it's also a tool that we can in, engage with these people, because if you look at social media and all the distractions out there, the geo tagging and, you know, geo fencing and things that sort of drive people to certain places for different reasons, this basically just allows us to sort of capture and just trust that this number of people is, they're coming to my places. Yeah. It's the engagement part and the conversion part are what's hard these days. So it's like you have to engage with a certain number of people to get them to want to come. Yeah. And then you have to convert them into a customer, which is harder and harder to do because of the competition and the number, sheer number of places. So this ensures that at least the capped number of members will be frequenting my places. And then I have this tool to be able to communicate that communicate with them super well, you know, beyond the benefits of social media and communicating your message. It's still, you're only seeing a fraction of your followers when you post, but this program like i said we built it in a safe way to have it be a fraction of our sales and then we can also have this group of people that we know we just 
created a loyalty piece that they're going to be coming to my four places instead of going elsewhere. So describe it from the guest point of view. What are they doing? Are they buying? What are they buying? So for $99 a month, yep. it's a subscription model to all four of my restaurants that gets them one meal per day, like one plate of food, basically one menu item per day at all four of my places. It doesn't include beverages. It doesn't include, you know, tax gratuity. It, uh, and our hope is that we fix that price based on, uh, you know, the combination of both food cost and menu price averages across the company. And, and so what they get is one plate of food every single day from one of my restaurants for that price. Okay. So, but if you look at the big kind of macro economics behind it, you know, the average American spends about three grand a year on going out to eat. Ooh. And so this is... I'm so not average. No, no I'm you're not, not either. No. <laughs> so, no. but, it, you know, at the $99 rate, it provides a super excellent value for them. But that's technically about 40% of their total annual dollars spent. So it's it works for us to have economically. Yep. And a certain number of people, too. And it's like I said, it's a fraction of the total guests we see. And the program isn't for everyone. No. Not, we totally get that. It actually works to our benefit that it's not, you know, for everyone. But it's, it's uh, I wouldn't even call it overly innovative as much as, like, recurring revenue models. They, they're, they exist. It's Netflix. It's your gym membership. Yeah. It's your wine club. And we saw but, a little bit of this with, like, the Lexington had the Lex card. Yeah. That was a $250 card that you could buy, and you got some perks and benefits and exclusive things. And that was money in the bank for them that they could use to finish the remodel and to get launched. I I do think we're going to see more of these types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they work. You know, you obviously aren't thinking that like Joe Blow is going to come in and sit there every day and eat. Well, they can get one plate of food, though. Yeah. I mean, at one place, we have the a point of sale system with a database that manages it company wide. Yeah. So it's seamless for us to know who came in and what they ordered. Yeah. I know. So let me just, so if you're eating, so can I come in and I can eat, if I have the subscription, I can get a plate and that plate is taken care of technically. But then if I'm ordering more food, I, I'm still paying for that. Correct. And then can someone come in and get like a plate for with me that that goes like if I don't come in tomorrow, you know it's what I mean? It's not transferable. Okay. So it's, it's definitely, you have to have your ID and you, we have to cross reference that with our database when you come in, identify yourself. Um, and then that stores itself in our system for the other stores so that we could pretty much figure out if someone's taking advantage of the program within a few hours. Okay. So, but our hope is that we just build a, a certain mix base. of regulars yeah. that either they're already coming or they wanted to support independent restaurants instead of go to a bunch of chains or they, they, they really have a motivation of trying new things. And I think the diversity of my brands allows them to re try a lot of different menu items. We don't have a ton of crossover menu items. We don't have like the Republic group favorites that tra- travel from menu to menu. Like right. it's all, it's all unique creative. in its own thing. Yes. So it's Bar Brigade, it's Republic, mm-hmm. it's Foxtrot Burgers and it's Sandy's Tavern. Correct. Okay. That's there great. And they can find information on all the websites. All the websites have a link to the membership program. And I will say there, there's a capped number of people and it's almost full Ooh. already. And it's, we've launched a, five days ago. Oh, so nice. it's really encouraging that enough people are are uh, interested in it as well as converting to it. And then it expires December 31st. So there's a, that's, we're going to give it a try for 2020. 
use my company as a prototype. And then our hope is that we're able to sort of fine tune the program um, and offer it to other restaurant groups, yeah. not just in Minnesota, but beyond. Cause it's a interesting, it, it sort of internalizes this loyalty engagement and conversion program. So you're not at the mercy of a third party. You're not at I'm the I'm excited m- to watch it. So I'm yeah, excited to watch it. We're going to have you back on and talk about how it's going in like a couple months. I'd love to we'll see it. All right. Thanks for being here, Maddie. And we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish. 651-641-1071 is the phone number for the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. We are taking your holiday calls, 651-641-1071. Stephanie's over there in her holiday caftan. She's got her... It's not a caftan. <laughs> I'm just saying words. I words know. Words sound good. It's fine. We it's actually good. have gifts for each other, too, that we'll have to open in the second hour here. I guess, right? Because live on air gifts. That's nothing. There's nothing like good radio of opening gifts on air. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh Mary is in a pickle, and she sent me a text. She wants to know... She needs to make a dessert for the holiday gathering, but there's restrictions. They said, please, no crumbly things, and it just needs to be a small bite. What? So she's like, what should I make? No crumbly things? That no is the, crumbly that's things. That's the weirdest thing metric to then give I to you I thought it was weird, too. Um, I And then a small bite. She needs to make a dessert. I would just make little, like, chocolate bonbons or something. I might, like, chocolate-covered cherries or, like, chocolate-covered. Uh, you know what's good is apricots. Like, if you take those dried apricots and then just cover them oh, in and dark chocolate, chocolate yeah. that is delicious. How about two just fudge? Yeah, fudge like is good. that's easy. Or, like, no those crumbles. mud pie, um, mud, what are they called, mud pie bars? I don't know, yeah. They have, like, a layer of marshmallow, a layer of chocolate, but it's kind of fudge so no underneath. Cookie, so it's like cookies can't happen because they're no. crumbly. Cream cheese bars you could do. Those aren't really crumbly. Yeah. They're more solid. I mean, what about just a cake? What about, like, a cheesecake? You could do cheesecake and you could do crustless, you know? Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a delicious. Not didn't I just crumbly. say cheesecake bars? Did I thought you said cream cheese bars, and I didn't know what those were because <laughs> I don't know what I said. It me. could be either. I was like, I was cream thinking cheese cream bars. cheese. <laughs> okay, that's cream funny. <laughs> <laughs> also, here's what you can bring for dessert: cheese. Just bring cheese. Please, oh God. dear God, someone bring cheese. Cheese. Yeah. Yes, because that's the very French way. It is. Well, and it's just delicious. Okay, shortly before Thanksgiving, you had a local guest on who was starting to market pre-mixed cocktails. I don't remember her name or the name of the company, but I'm looking for a gift for my son-in-law who likes Mad Men type cocktails. It was Heather Manley. Yes, it was. Yeah, so Crooked Heather Manley, Crooked Water Spirits. She, we, had, we talked about the Negroni and the Bottled Old Fashioned. Okay, we have Christy on the line. Hey, Christy, what's going on today? You there, Christy? We're going to hope that we get some people today on the lines. Uh-oh. And it's not even its not even anything. Are you there? I'm going to have to reboot. I don't know why this happens to me all the time, but I know how to fix it. But I think I'll just get her questions and we have a few more. Just okay, have a few okay, minutes do that. Break. And anyone that wants to hold over, we can take your calls in the, yeah. after the top two yeah, an hour or two, we don't, two. Yeah, we're just, it's like one of those things. Um, we do have... Someone who said she she needs help on Christmas Eve as her three kids and their families are coming at different times. What? Starting at 1 p.m. with the last arriving at 5.30. So she's having an open house, basically. I was hoping do, to do prime rib, but they cannot all stay the entire time. Additionally, my kids are all allergic to onions. Uh, and I was hoping that you could give me some suggestions for food that would last throughout the afternoon and evening. I think that your best bet is to seriously do like an open house buffet kind of thing 
I would do an easy soup that you can keep, but not a cream-based soup, but like kind of a brothy soup. And then... Squash soup. Yeah, you could do a squash soup. And then I would do... um, I would do something that was like a sandwich spread, you know, like make your own sandwiches. You can have beautiful ingredients out. Like you can have prime rib and it can be room temperature and you can make, you know, you can have people just assemble their own kind of grazing board thing. I was thinking that pepperoncini shredded beef in the crock pot. You just put the chuck roast in there and then you throw a whole jar of pepperoncini. You can do them whole or sliced. Doesn't matter. It's the brine that's really going to be cooking it. Yeah. With a can of beef consomme and you just crock that overnight. What kind of beef? Uh, chuck roast. Okay. You cook it overnight, and yep. then that can sit there during yep. the... and it ends up, you shred it with a fork. It's like shredded beef. It's got the pepperoncinis for people that want a little bit more spicy, but it's not spicy. It's just pickled, Yeah, in effect. Okay. It's a delicious, um, delicious sandwich. I meat. just think that you, uh, yeah, you can definitely have crockpots holding your food warm, or you can kind of go with that idea that if maybe you want to do a you know you don't have to do dinner either like don't feel pressured to have a sit down thing three times yeah like it it is totally fine to have a grazing situation have people make their own food you could do chilled seafood too if you're looking for like a solid main you could you do crab or you could get some crab legs or do something like that and have chilled seafood as like your protein on an ice bowl yeah that'd be great um we our caller i think it was christy she said uh she said Easy with protein, but vegetarian side dish for the holiday meal. So a protein vegetarian side dish. Oh, like something with beans, like black beans or a black bean salad, a multiple bean salad. How about also like something with lentils? Yeah. Um, I mean, and you could do, you know, something cheesy. There's protein and cheese. That's still vegetarian. Um, You could do like a cheesy bean dip, I guess. Um. I'm so bad with protein and vegetarians. You what? I think a bean salad. Yeah, that's kind of fresh and beautiful. And and you I mean, do if white you're beans with arugula and some lemon, yeah. some artichoke hearts. You could do also like a beach. Like you could do eggs, hard boiled eggs chopped up. We'd had these cold, beautiful asparagus spears, and then you have the, these z- lemon zest, and then you chop up the hard boiled eggs, and you mix it with a little bit of lemon juice, and that's called a grabiche, and put some capers in there. That that's sounds really delish. good. I might yes. make that later. My God, that sounds so good. <laughs> um, remember six five one six four one one zero seven one, and you can talk to Hope, and she will get you our questions if you want to call and talk to us. Um, uh, I'm going to open your gift. Oh, okay. Let's do that. It's sitting in a box right in front of me. Okay. It's very beautifully okay. wrapped. You have like a minute. <laughs> you have two I'm minutes. I'm going to quickly open it. Yeah, I know. You're fine. No, I know. I was going to tell you, you have to pull the top off because of oh, tape situation. Sorry. a lot of... Okay. But I basically, I told you I got it from Hong Kong, so I wanted to make sure... Oh, cute. So, the funny thing is, you have to... Look at them. They're these very cute Japanese tea mugs. And they have, um, like, Godzilla scenes on them. They're monster mugs. They're yeah, adorable. They're, they have a kaiju, and they've got, like, all sorts them. of things. Because Hanson always drinks her coffee yes. from an actual mug in front of us. And what I like about them is they still look fancy, but they're kind of also funny and unexpected, and which hilarious. is who you are. <laughs> what did she get? Aww, Sorry, I missed so it. Nice. What is what? What did she get? I gave her these little mugs that have... Here, give me one. That, <laughs> I know, they have, they uh, have monster scenes you know, on like them. like the blue Willow China thing? Oh, beautiful. Except for like inside, there's also like kaiju attacking buildings and sea serpents. Because <laughs> it's like you look at it and you think that she's drinking this lovely little yes. thing. But really, it's the kaiju. It's nice. kind of a, okay. yes, it's I'm going to open meaning. mine. 
Yours has Here a little tape and it's fragile. So oh, it's <laughs> fragile. Okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm watching my time and you have your bubble wrap situation. Okay. Oh, my God. Did you send this to me? No. Okay. Three other people have sent me. They sent me a Christmas <laughs> ornament of butter. A stick of butter, you guys. It's freaking gorgeous. That is beautiful. I'm so glad great minds to like. Yes, I love it. Oh, we gosh. will take more of your calls if you have them and give you more fun holiday items and dribs and drabs when we come back.